Golden Spiral Media presents The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. I'm Tony Caselli, and this week, here on The Devil You Know, I'm joined by the fabulous and wonderful and lovely and migraine-free Karen Lindsay. Hi, Tony. Thanks for joining us. So, everybody, this, of course, is The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. We're talking about that fabulous show on NBC, Constantine, and this is episode five. This week, uh, Joe Zettelmeyer, who's normally my co-host, has found himself running around New Orleans. Uh, I'm not sure what. Uh, he's got a bracelet on. He's running around. I don't know where he is now. I think he got hit with that powder, right? Yeah, we don't talk about Joe and powder. Oh. Uh, it's not a, it's a, yeah. Mm. So we're going to move on past that and pretend like he's going to be back <laughs> next week. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming he'll he'll have cleaned up his act. I mean, found his way back. And uh, so Karen does a, a, another Constantine podcast as well as uh, some podcasts for Golden Spiral Media. Correct. And she's going to join us this week. And thank you for filling in for me this week while I had a migraine on my uh, other podcasts. This yeah, week, we, my we got Sleepy to go Hollow podcast. Talk about Sleepy Hollow, which was very fun with your partner Jamie. That's another great show. Yeah, it's a great yeah. show. But I was, I'm, you know, stuck in Terrytown Psychiatric this week. So, yeah, after running away from Joe in his bracelet in the alley. I know that's true. So, you guys have a weird relationship. I'm finally out. <laughs> you know, Irving would not take me with him this week when he escaped. I was very upset with him, but <laughs> finally I broke out. <laughs> So here I am. That's awesome. And we're glad you could make it to talk about this episode. So episode five, Dance Voodoo. A couple detaily things. Uh, this was written by Christine Boylan and directed by John Badham. And uh, John Badham has been directing TV stuff for a long time, since the 70s. Lots of stuff. And he's uh, got a great resume. And Christine Boylan... I was very excited because uh, unlike normal weeks, I got to watch this show live this week mm. at 10 o'clock on Friday. And while I did it, I was doing a whole bunch of Twitter about the show. The The stars and writers were live tweeting, and I was t tweeting back from the Constantine GSM, from at Constantine GSM, our Twitter feed. Join us. And Christine Boylan followed us and like, liked a bunch of our tweets and retweeted. Cool. One of them. Kit Moxie. Kit Moxie, exactly. Yeah. I was very excited. Uh, so uh, this episode, I liked this episode a lot. Cool. She also works on Castle and Once Upon a Time. So that's Castle. how I know her. Castle's a great show. Yeah, I agree. I don't watch Once Upon a Time. I do a Castle podcast too. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, um, she's great. Uh, she's very responsive to her fans and uh, that's... That's really cool that she followed you. Yeah, and she I, I really liked what she did with this episode. I thought it was one of the best outings yet. Easy. Yeah, I, I love that it's uh, really embroiled in the Hellblazer mythos. Yes, and, uh, absolutely. And a lot of really good things about this episode, too. So before we get into news, uh, I want to remind everyone that this episode of The Devil You Know here at Golden Spiral Media is sponsored by Pro Podcast Solutions. And you should go check out all of their stuff at Pro Podcast 
nope, I'm going to say that again, at propodcastsolution.com. All of your podcasting needs can be solved, and you could do a podcast just like this one, or like the many podcasts that Karen does. That's right. Many podcasts. The <laughs> many podcasts of Karen Lindsay. It's so That's many. going to be the title of your, your first book. Obscurely Famous is going to be the title of my first book, I think. <laughs> Coined Perfect. by my husband. All right, so let's get into news for this episode. News segue. Da, 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 da. Okay, so Karen, we have sort of sad news this week about well, the show. Well, good news and bad news. Well, yes. and good news and maybe weird news. Right. There was so an uptick news, this week. Yeah. That was the ratings went up again. Right. Last week was up, this week was up even more. Mm hmm. These are good things. Correct. The bad news is they weren't up enough for the NBC guys. And so they've put a cap on this season as 13 episodes. Right. And that's it. And so we, we've got five out of the way. We have eight to go. And really the hope for a second season lies in how well these ratings go for the next eight episodes. Yeah, but not canceled. Right. Not canceled, which I mean, at this point in the in the season, a lot of shows are being canceled outright. Right. And um, Gail Simone, uh, comic book authoress extraordinaire, extraordinaire. Correct. Um, <laughs> she likes Constantine very much. And she tweeted just this morning after the news broke that um, to take heart because um, oh, what's that other show? Hannibal. Hannibal. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Hannibal also has a 13 episode season this season and has similar ratings. Right. It did. The first season of Hannibal had very similar ratings and it's a giant cult hit. Right. People love it. Right. And it was 13 episodes and it's coming back. And there's even right. speculation that that may be their plan. Like, you know, 13 episodes of Constantine, 13 episodes of Hannibal gives them a full season of Supernatural Creepy. Exactly. Not, not Supernatural for Hannibal, but Creepy. Right. 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 Well, it's it's yeah, yeah it's creepy. It's though, in but the yeah. same it's in the same vein, even if right. it's, you know, not exactly Supernatural. Yeah, um, absolutely. So. Yeah, I, I really don't think this is a cancel. I think this is a, um, we have faith in it, but we're not sure about the ratings. Let's see what else we can put in there. Um, that's what it feels like, and I hope that's the case. I yeah. wouldn't hate it being a 13-episode season yeah. if it goes on for four or five years. or so, You know, that'd be right, great. Right, A Sleepy Hollow was 13 episodes last year, and look what happened there. So Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the the uh, Constantine writers who have a Twitter account that we follow also, John Con writers, they they tweeted this morning, Hellblazers, the fate of the show is in your hands. Retweet and rally because they same thing. They want season two and they, you know, know that it's now with good ratings between now and the end of the season, uh, episode, or season two could, will be guaranteed. Right. But we need to get those. And then Angelica Salea, who plays Zed, tweeted, Constantine this season is 13 episodes. I shot the last scene. Hint, it's Constantine, Zed, and the Spectre. Damn, I wish I could say more. Mm. That was her tweet. I don't think that's a spoiler. I was debating. I don't think it's a spoiler to mention the nah. Spectre because we saw him in this episode. Yeah, we know he's coming back. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's a huge spoiler. So. Right. right. Well, we didn't really see the specter, but we saw the specter the of the specter. Yes. As yeah, it were. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about that uh, when we get there in our episode discussion. Let's move to that episode discussion segue. Dun, da, da, da. Squiggly line, squiggly line, squiggly line. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Karen, my rating last week for A Feast of Friends was 8.95. And um, I can't, I think it was 8.95. What did I call it exactly? Something like 8.95 tripping balls, eyeballs being plucked out scenes. Oh. <laughs> craziness uh, because i loved them yeah i don't this, remember what i gave what what my qualifier was last week but go ahead <laughs> but this week i i liked this episode a little bit more like 0.05% more enough to bump it up to a even 9 so i'm giving it 9 surgical mask killers out of 10 do you think i'm pretty yeah, she wasn't creepy, <laughs> but I loved the woman in the alley with her. Yeah. Nah, I think you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, last week I gave it a very high grade because it was so true to the first two issues of Hellblazer. Yes. And um, I don't know. I think I may have given it Beatles, like uh-huh. 9.5 Beatles or something like that. Sure. Um, I gave this a nine. Because again, it's um, it has the the great feeling of Hellblazer, uh, and I'm gonna give it nine blue bracelets. Nice. Um, not red, because if it was red, they wouldn't be there. Love. They wouldn't be there anymore. Right. <laughs> great moment. Yep. It would be bad. <laughs> Very cool. So we start out. We got a guy in New Orleans. We don't know who he is yet. If you've been paying attention to the previews and and what's going on, you know who he is. But this guy stumbles out, goes to take a pee in the alley, you know, like you do. Right. <laughs> like then, you do. Well, I don't. But right. Well, you, you might. need to hang out in New Orleans alleys more, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> it's, it's much more difficult for me to pee in an alley than it is for you. <laughs> but, yeah. Especially to then just stand there. And I love the woman comes walking by and he just holds up his his, his badge like uh, it's it's totally cool. I'm right. a policeman. Yeah, okay I can pee I'm in the alley. Peeing in the alley. Right, I'm a policeman. Exactly. And she has this, just the sound she makes. Ugh. Right. It's great. Like, yeah. oh, geez, really? Gross. And then she, yeah. she's even talking to the woman on the, whoever she's on the phone with. It says, no, no, I'm going to, I'm totally safe. I got, I got New Orleans finest right here with right. me. Right. <laughs> so finest. she, of course, I like yeah, that. she, of course, meets, you know, creepy surgical mask woman. Do you think I'm pretty? <laughs> and she sadly winds up getting stabbed over and over oh, and being dead. That's terrible. It was. Yeah, it was kind of, uh, you know, one of the things, and I, I I hate to bring up Castle again, but it was very Castle-esque because the murder is always like the first thing in the episode. Yeah. Yep. And so this was the first time we've really had that sort of, you know, murder thing right in the first part of the episode. I mean, we've yeah. seen that before in the show, but not like this. 
like yeah, a not case. as like the cold opening, right? Right. And um, I thought this was interesting that it was right in front of Jim Corrigan. Yes. And him being drunk and trying to stop. Well, he didn't. He didn't even try to do it in time. I mean, she was already dead by the time he turned around and tried to shoot at right. um, at Weird Face Girl. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. Um, he realizes that, you know, this isn't his normal case, but then, you know, he's drunk. Right. So again, there's that, there's that seed of doubt because, you know, could he have. Sure. Did I miss her the whole time? Did right. I really fire? What happened right. right here? Yeah, absolutely. But then of course he's, he comes back because he knows by the time that Constantine comes in and, and sees that there's no bullets in the walls or any, he already has seen that there's no bullets in the wall. Yeah. He's come back to do the same thing. Right. So I, I think absolutely. Yeah. He has already double checked it and realizes that something's going on. And I poor really guy. liked Jim Corrigan in this episode. I did too. I think they got a really good actor to play him. Yeah. I, it was very solid. The whole, the interpretation of the character, the performance, really nice. It's just such a good to be, I hope, a great addition to the series as sort of a, you know, recurring character. I have um, to put in here. The Spectre is my husband's very favorite comic book character. He nice. has the first appearance of the Spectre. Um, no kidding. Yeah, all sealed From like up. The 1940s. Yeah, all sealed up. Um, he saved up a long time to get oh, it. Sure. Um, it's all, you know, hermetically sealed and everything. Yep. And uh, it, he said that he was so pleased with this episode. Um, he's not a purist. When it comes to things like this, he understands that a television interpretation is going to be a little different than. Right. It's an adaptation. It's going to change a little. Right. And he said this was so great. It was really a good um, movement from the comics to television. And, oh, that's good. And it was really a nice confidence boost, you know, to the show, I thought, for my husband to like the character. So he gave it a thumbs up, which is huge. Very so. cool. Good. Yeah, I, I, I did too. And I, I know of the Spectre. I know some of his history. I've read some of the books, but I'm not a, you know, a, a super Spectre aficionado, yeah. like uh, someone who would buy the first uh, issue of it, the first yeah. appearance. So that's his email great. address is the Spectre, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how into the Spectre That's great. So what happens next? We leave the alley. We head back. And meanwhile, back at Jasper's home for the weird and spooky, we see Constantine with a lit cigarette in his mouth. That's right. I loved that for all of the people on the interwebs who were just complaining. There needs to be more smoking. You can only do so much. Network TV, that's just the way it is. Yep. They're hamstrung a little bit. But... Uh, several times in this episode, he was completely smoking. Right. I mean, well, he, no he inhaling, went, but yeah. Right. No inhaling. He, you know, it was the Bill Clinton of smoking. Right. But that's fine. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he had a lit cigarette in his mouth. Smoke was curling up from it. He waved it around with his hand. Yeah. Uh, you know, later he used it to light some bodies on fire like you do. Yeah. And he used it in the trunk of the car too. The Oh, yes. The Zippo. The mm -hmm. lighter. Yeah. So, Absolutely. yeah, they, they definitely very much allude to his smoking. And I am a huge non-smoker person. But sure. I think it's a huge part of John Constantine, the smoking thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, and it was interesting because I think it was David Goyer. It was either David Goyer or David Cerrone. One of the producers tweeted, 
something like, of course he's smoking, comma, how else are we going to do the Dangerous Habits storyline? Right. There's no way. And I was so glad that he tweeted that because, yes, it confirms that he's smoking. And, B, it confirms that, you know, at some point doing the Dangerous Habits storyline from Hellblazer is in their plans. Because that's a whole, that's a fabulous storyline. It is my favorite storyline. Oh, absolutely. Many people, I think, have that as their absolute favorite Constantine, you know, Hellblazer event. So uh, that's very cool. It would be fun to see that. It's worth it just for the last page of the storyline. Oh, man. Are you kidding? Absolutely. So. And I don't want to spoil too much of that. No. Go, uh, Go read it. Read them. They're good. It's all contained in one no- graphic novel. I mean, it's yeah. yep. 12 bucks. You can yep. read the Dangerous whole thing. Dangerous Habits. You can so, get yeah. it. It's so, so good. So we're in Jasper's home for the weird and spooky. Zed is working really hard to see a vision on the map. John uses the zoetrope yep. to give her a cool vision. That was kind of fun. Awesome. I love that bear thing. Right? Yeah, that was neat. Yeah. And I liked the way this um, th- their adventure this week jump started. Last week we didn't use the map at all, right? And I liked that this week she was having trouble with it, right? You know, I, I just yeah, like the fact not that it's hers. not easy, right? Well, it's not her map, right? She's just using it, so she's having to attune herself to it. Yeah, um, that was. Whatever the chick's name is from the pilot. Liv. Thank you, Liv. Um, that was her map. So she's having to, you know, alter her perceptions in yeah, order to tune her psychic map. abilities to match it. Right. Or exactly. Whatever is happening. And Constantine uses the little zoetrope cool effect to sort of give her a boost a, abilities a boost yeah kickstart right. which which is nice and i love i continue to love her visions in this mm, series me too i love the way they work i just think it's really fun and that one in the in the elevator and especially john's reaction to it that was great yeah very much it was great i love that she sees the woods right as she walks into the elevator and she's just so her innocence Countered with how jaded she is. Right? Oh, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. I love that. That, mm-hmm. that dichotomy in her character is just amazing. Yeah. So they use her super cool vision and figure out where they have to go. The vision kickstarts the map, which, right. you know, hey, vision, psychic power in the room. I'm bleeding, says the map. Right. And, <laughs> and they figure out where they have to go. And they go. Here's my and- knit. This Uh-oh, is my knit right here. Chaz would never say New Orleans. Uh, okay. Chaz would say New Orleans. New Orleans. He would say New Orleans. There you go. Okay. Um, and so would John say New Orleans, right? right? Because they know Swamp Thing. Yep. Already by this point. And they'd say New Orleans. They'd say New Orleans. So that's my knit. It bothered me. It jumped out at me. But sure. Okay. If that's my only knit with the episode, right? <laughs> shrug. That's all I can say. Yeah, that's not too bad. Right. Absolutely. So they go to Narlands. Narlands. And I, I love they they figure out where they need to go. They're in the alley using the cool bracelet. That was awesome. That was fun. <laughs> I love his little gadgets. Yes. Yeah, and and Joe and I have talked about this too. As long as they don't become, oh, here's how we solve everything a with crutch, a little gadget. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, if well, they get I guess it's artifacts but, more than gadgets, but 
Yeah, or whatever they are. You know, it's it's right. The <laughs> zoetrope is more like a gadget. The bracelet is more like an artifact. So it's whatever he finds, whatever piece of history he's using. Yeah, whatever stuff he's got in his bag or, yeah. you know, he, he – and we've talked about this too. I love that they've, you know, in Jasper's home for the weird and spooky, they've got – all of this stuff that they can just uh, somewhere on a shelf is what they're going to need probably right or some version of it in his TARDIS and, you mean right exactly yeah <laughs> yep but yeah I I really dig that um in this episode he uses things but he also uses a spell so there's you know there's he doesn't just rely on his little gadgets or whatever sure absolutely so. and, and in this episode he also just uses his con man skills yeah you know oh yeah i'm your new parole officer i gotta talk with and you so and so does he, zed yep yep which i is love nice. that zed just says i'll i'll take this one and, and walks out and, yep. and john's just like whatever the look that he gives to chess is great <laughs> right here we go here we go yeah yep, it was great <laughs> and she does wonderfully too that's it's great yeah, it, it works it's fun to see them that was part of why i bumped this episode up a little bit in my rating from last week was because i loved the teamwork i really thought that christine boyden wrote it well and then it was directed and performed well Everybody had their missions. Like mm-hmm. uh, Zed got to team up with Corrigan. They were handling the hitchhiker guy. John was going after Papa Midnight and the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And Chaz was out trying to stop more people from getting killed by Scissors Girl. Right. And I thought that worked really well. I loved that teamwork. This episode was just really cohesive that way for me. Right. Well, I like that Chaz was in it at all. <clears throat> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, why is he missing so much? I love that at the beginning of the episode, he's making dinner for everybody. I know. That's great. <laughs> That's how you learn to cook, right, Chaz? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I got the burns to prove it. And thank you, Chaz, but why can't he stay in the same hotel? I thought that was so funny. I love that little scene at the hotel desk with Zed and John. Yeah. But it was a little odd. Chaz likes chain hotels. What? Yeah, what is that? Uh, okay, he is so such an enigma to me in the show. Right. Um, now, Chaz- And it's sort of fun that way. And we got a little bit more of it today. We got to watch his wounds heal right. in front of us. And this is the second time now since the pilot that we've seen this healing ability. Yep. And But the first time we've actually seen it happen in front of us. On like, a, yeah, right. Yeah, watching his, you know, stab wounds close right up. What is this about? <laughs> I know. It's what I want to know. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, we'll find out more event. We'll get there. I love that. It's, that's a slow burn with Chaz. I love Chaz. Um, my co-host for my other Constantine podcast teases me because I want to see Chaz more, but it's not that I dig him. I mean, it's not that I have a crush on him or anything. I'm just, why are they always making excuses for him not being in the show? Right. What is yeah, that about? He, 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 he can't go to Pennsylvania because he's got a warrant out for his arrest. He's going to fix the taxi. Right. He sleeps in other hotels. Yeah, what? Right. <laughs> what is going on? Is the actor doing something else or, yeah. Or are they just trying to make, get, like, I, I got the feeling in that scene that we really wanted to have a little moment between Zed and John. Right. This was their moment to further a little flirting, a little back and forth, a little relationship growing. Sure. And if Chaz was there, he's the third wheel, and that stops that from happening is right. what it felt like. Right. You know. So, yeah, but I I'm also, glad he was in this one. Yeah, me too. But I love the idea. I would love to see it become some kind of crazy, silly, recurring thing where Chaz was like, oh, are we going to, 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 
Texas. Excellent. They've got Best Westerns there. I can get some more points. You know, <laughs> sure. If you're going to create this thing, let's use it. I mean, sure. Yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> just something. I'm six silly, points but. away from a duffel bag. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> something. It would be a great. Duffel bag. <laughs> well, I mean, it would have to be something silly, right? right? Exactly. I did love in that scene. I wanted to bring this up because in that scene where they're at the hotel desk. One of the other things that is often uh, complained about by uh, purists of Hellblazer is Constantine's sexuality. Mm-hmm. Because in Hellblazer, he's bisexual. Right. And it was originally or, or early on announced that they weren't going to address it at all. He wasn't bisexual. We didn't address any of that. But it was interesting. I took his little line... I respect everyone I sleep with. Mm-hmm. And he said to Zed, I went, okay. He didn't say women. Right. He didn't he just say said men. everyone. He just said everyone, mm-hmm. which at least, you know, I, I took to be, we still don't know. Right. It hasn't been addressed, but it's not being ruled out. You know, he didn't say every woman I sleep with or right. something like that. Right. So I took that as another, yeah, he's smoking, but not inhaling kind of thing. Right. It's very ambiguous. I agree. Now, that is not a sticking point for me. Um, I thought his bisexuality was more of a power play for him. Um, He uses sex as almost a weapon in the comic books. Um, Yeah, it's another tool. Right. Uh, I don't know if you watched um, Halt and Catch Fire over the summer. No. Um, Well, it was about the, the computer boom in the 80s. Okay. And the lead character um, uses sex as a weapon, and it doesn't matter who. Right. But he uses it either to blackmail people or as a power play or to subdue. And so it sure. doesn't really matter the sex of the person, but he doesn't really enjoy it. Okay. He just uses the people. Um, so he's not bisexual. He's not heterosexual. He is sexual yes and, and i always and took manipulative and uses right, it exactly right. i always took john to be that more than anything else yeah um just ambiguous um using sex as a tool sure so and joe and i have talked about this uh, on the podcast before too you know at this point we're five episodes in mm-hmm. and the people complaining oh my god he's not what about where's the you've got what's five times 44 220 minutes of of screen time right, so far right. you know we're not going to see 300 issues of Hellblazer in 220 minutes. And he did not have sex in the majority of the issues of Hellblazer. Right. It's not like Hellblazer was full of sex. It was not. You no. Know? And so that, that I think that's one of those little things that you just go, uh, watch the show and let's see what develops. Right. Plus, you know? spoiler alert, he had a relationship with Zed. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if Zed's in the show... We'll see where um, that's going to happen. Right. You know. They're going to have some sexual tension between the two of them. He also yeah. had a relationship with Zatanna. So if there's some sort of uh, issue with Zatanna showing up, uh, <laughs> we might see that too. I would love that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Jealousy from Zed because the super witch is there being high. I know, right? I mean, awesome. we're getting the specter. So yeah, I'd love to see more DC characters show up. 
Oh, Zatanna yes. is one of my, you know, must haves for the show if it continues. Oh, absolutely. No, that would be really great. I would dig so, that. Yeah, very much. So back to the episode. They they continue along. They go, you know, f- searching and hunting and finding out what's going on. Uh, they wind up at the car crash. Um, and it, it was interesting. They get to the car crash. Zed has her little talking her way into getting information for them scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I liked. And then Corrigan shows up and arrests them for predicting the accident, which first off, I was like, wait, did I miss what happened there? No, because he so, called it in and he said, we're heading here. Yes. Meet up and, with us. Yeah. And that, that was because I, I was like, did I miss? And I, did, I went back and I was, oh, I see what's happening. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I loved that interaction between Corrigan and Constantine mm-hmm. that started in the very first alley scene, but really amped up in the scene where he's being arrested and then interrogated. Right. I thought was wonderful. And John's kind of toying with him at the same time. Oh, yeah. He winds up, he, he's handcuffed and just basically takes them off right. in front of oh, him. Oh, yeah. He doesn't need to be handcuffed. It doesn't matter to him. Right. You know, and my favorite part of that <laughs> scene in the interrogation room or, or his office or wherever we were in that was when he just reaches over and starts and takes Corrigan's coffee. Yeah, Do you mind? Yeah. Like, I know, I know I've know i been arrested and stuff and I just got out of the handcuffs, but I, I really could use a little pep. So I'm going <laughs> right. to just take this. I know, it's great. <laughs> just Corrigan gives him a look. That's just so great. Corrigan is just lost through this whole episode until it gets to the end. And especially when he sees the, I, I hate to jump around, but when he sees the, the resolution of the case and he just walks out like, whatever. Right. I mean, I don't know what just happened. Right. I left Zed in the woods. I'm going to go get her. But this scene in the interrogation room is like, what did I try and kill? What did I shoot at? Right. I loved that part of him because by the time we get to the end of this scene, uh, he's come to a bit of an understanding. Mm-hmm. He has one of my favorite lines in the play, which we'll get to when we get to quotes. But that scene, I loved watching him go from what is happening to oh my God, is this really what's happening? Mm-hmm. And that difference, I think, was really nicely played. I agree. I think this is where it turned completely. Um, I mean, he already had some inkling that something weird was happening, but he didn't want to believe it. And yes. once he had Constantine in that room and things were really starting to turn, he... He couldn't deny it anymore. Right. That was it. John said, so let's see. What'd you find out? You shot at a dead woman, right? Right. And, and these, he, the, all of the facts start to lead to, you know, this is the weirdness that is going on now. And he had no choice but to buy into it. Right. Which I, I loved that he did. And, right. you know, it, it, for those of us who, you know, know some of the specter, this starts him on a, a long, interesting journey. Mm-hmm. And I like the end of that scene as well, where John says, well, why are they coming right now? Yep. Why are they rising right now? And this John and Corrigan says, well, is there something happening? To make them come up right now, and you know, then, then the spark hits. Well, maybe we need to investigate something else. Yes. Yep. And sure enough, they go and they they everybody gets there. This is where where everybody sort of splits up, mm-hmm. and everybody's chasing their threads. So uh, great. And we discover it's Papa Midnight, 
And again, a favorite character. Oh, he's so good. And this was one of the other reasons that I love this episode. Feast of Friends was really good. This episode gave us the Constantine and Papa Midnight relationship Mm. that I had been hoping to see. This defines it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was so clear. The the just dislike of each other but and, and distrust, but also there's a respect there in some ways because of what they can both do. A little bit. But, but neither <laughs> of them are going to admit it, absolutely. Grudging, very oh, grudging. Very much so. Because And I love just the arguments about whose magic is better. And then, you know, right. Papa Midnight just calls him, your magic is sloppy. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, he it. hates it. Well, it, it's the... Difference between being a purist and being someone who just appreciates magic in any form. And that's the fundamental difference between the two of them. Very much so. And, and John had that quote that I can't remember, Karen. Do you remember what he said? It was something where he, he basically said in, in different terms, voodoo's one type of magic and you're limiting yourself by sticking to one or something. Well, no, but it's, exactly that's said. pretty much it. I mean, yeah. you're just summing, summing up summing what it John up. said to yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, he's just saying we're the same. You're just using one kind and I'm using a whole different bunch of magic. Yeah. Um, it may not be sloppy. It may just be, you know, different forms. And essentially it's all the same. It's just, you know, channeling it in different ways as far as John's concerned. Right. Well, it's great. You know, voodoo is nothing but a magical excuse for a party, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that is not not something that Papa wants to hear. Right. (laughs) He takes it seriously. They, they they go through their whole uh, the, the the plot details and and finding out what's happening uh, and I have to say it was right somewhere in one of these scenes that it occurred to me that the rising darkness mm-hmm. is a little bit of a silly name for a big bad sure it is <laughs> it's like I hope at some point that gets replaced with you know uh, flim flam the bad boy demon something that we could really latch our teeth well it is it does have a name um we kind of know what it is go ahead (laughs) i'm not gonna say it (laughs) it would (laughs) it would be a spoiler yeah we don't want to give stuff up it's a demon but and I'm um, looking forward to that happening right. or something. But <laughs> every time they say it, I kind of giggle a little bit. Right. This it's a stupid name. Yeah. Is, this rising darkness. And John knows John knows what it is, but he he hasn't connected it yet. <gasps> right. He's he's, dealt with he's had a run in already, yes. and they've hinted at it, but um, he he hasn't connected it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks, I, it's one of those things I feel like in two or three or more episodes, that's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yes, it is. And, and that um, was the other thing that I liked about this episode was um, a little bit more solidifying of the underlying mythology right. and, and moving forward with that. Right. It's just, I think Newcastle is coming to bite him in the ass. Yes. And, um, it, you know, they've really hinted at that. They never mentioned it in this episode except to mention... Astra, yeah, without mentioning her name, right? No, but that was a great moment where Papa Midnight basically rubbed his face in it. Oh yeah, and then John threw it back. At least I didn't kill my sister. And boom, yep, um, they were on each other. And, yeah, that uh, was nice. Wow, 
And that was one of the things we didn't even talk about yet. I loved the introduction of Sedilla. Right. In this episode, you know, the guy killed his sister yeah. and uses her uh, as head a channel to, to talk, hell. <laughs> right. To yeah. get information. Yeah. And, yeah, he's he's uh, that's creepy. Well, he's Papa Midnight. <laughs> I mean, <Right? laughs> that's who he is. He's he's dark magic incarnate. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and and that's that's why they have that grudging truce. Um, they are two sides of the same coin, and yeah, they rub against each other like sandpaper. And that you know that is their relationship in the comics as well. Um, yep. I mean, this was just this was their relationship personified in this episode. I just loved how true it was to the comic books. I really did too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I do have to, <laughs> as we move forward and everybody's doing their things, um, we get to see Zed team up with Corrigan mm-hmm. and they're, you know, but there was one moment where Zed is walking down the street. I can't remember if she was with Corrigan or if she was with the hitchhiker's grandmother when she was talking. She's, what is this thing she's wearing? She's, oh yeah. Was it just She was me? with the grandmother. It was like a harness. It's yeah. She's got on like a, a t-shirt. I thought it was cool actually, but and it's some weird leather strap. It was a harness. With, it was a, basically a little harness. Yeah, she, it had a neck thing, <laughs> and then a leather strap that went down the front of her body, and then it hooked right. to a belt. <laughs> yeah, that went around and then back up the back. It was interesting, but it, I, I got to be honest, it just distracted me. I was like, what type of? Weird it was cool, but thing is she got <laughs> yeah i know it was neat but yeah it was it very it distracted me a little bit because of its pure just oddness it was very bdsm i thought it but. sort of was and i just thought what happened when she woke up and she said and you decided know what I'm to put that on today i'm gonna put on my sort of bondagey leather thing to walk around new orleans today like it, well what? it's kind of new orleans it sort of, I just thought, is this, I, I, I don't know. It, it was one of those odd costuming moments. And yeah. it was the only one really in the, sh- in the episode. But it caught me because I just went, I don't understand what message is being sent right now. Well, it's, it's kind of <laughs> Zed. Um, yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess, I guess I could see her. She's very artsy. Right? right. Very artsy. Very, um, I don't know, uh, dark hippie-ish. <laughs> that might if be that good. if that yeah. kind of makes sense, dark yep. hippie-ish. Um, sure. So that would almost, uh, I mean, she's kind of uh, dark hippie, light emo. There you go. Yeah. So I that. that would be something that she and might we, wear. We found a little more about her backstory too right. in this episode, which we'll, we'll get to when we get down there. But yeah. Right. And I think that's <clears> why so. they teamed her with Corrigan in order oh, to get sure. that that backstory um and that was i thought that was really neat in the fact that they revealed parts of each other in this episode that was yes amazing nice. i mean yeah. such a great way to write that that interaction between the two of them in order to show us backstory for both of them very clever yeah and and i like also that it's set up that the two of them actually have a good relationship mm-hmm I feel like Constantine and Corrigan are still going to be at each other a little bit. Oh, sure. 
But Zed and Corrigan went through this thing. They picked up the kid. You know, Zed tried to talk it through. She, I love that she just ran through him yeah. when he's standing in the road. She was like, nope, I know he's not there. This is it. You know, Jim did not appreciate that. <laughs> no, which, I, which was great. He was terrified. And then when she picks him up the second time, I thought it was very cool that she knew, okay, I learned this. I'm going to keep going. And she just knew how to talk to him. Right. And Pull over. I did think it was cool. Pull over. Again, in one of those little explanations of what's going on moments, watching the kid reset mm-hmm. so that when they picked him up the second time, he didn't recognize them again. Right. You know, it wasn't like, oh, it's you again. He's he's in this little spectral loop. He just bounced back. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very cool way of dealing with the details of the plot of what was happening with all of the ghosts. You right. Know? Yeah, I'm, I doubt that they would that they would recognize the same person again because they're supposed to have killed that person, right? Right. So they wouldn't really they wouldn't expect to run into the same person again. Yeah, and it, and it and it also it feels like. They don't exactly even know what's going on. No, they have no idea. They think they're still alive, I'm guessing. Yeah, there's some, or, or some, the, the way they're all functioning, they're sort of locked in this loop right. of accomplish this. Right, unfinished business. Yeah, very right. much. And, and, and I love that as we continue through the episode, we find out that it's not them doing it. Right. That it's the people they left behind. Right. And such a great setup for Corrigan. Yes. Honestly, such a great setup for him. And also, he's really going to hate John. John gives him so much work. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Look what you did. I have to, this is a lot of paperwork now. <laughs> but I mean, even down the line later on, <laughs> yeah. I mean, John is John is one of the banes of his existence. So, yeah. I mean, Thanks even though we don't see this, a lot of it. I was it, hoping yeah. to become the wrath of God. Right. <laughs> but I just now, wanted to drink and pee in the alley and now <laughs> now you gotta mess up my whole life dude. i got a whole other thing going i don't even look good in green <laughs> he <laughs> did though <laughs> he, he actually did yeah <laughs> yeah i loved that scene i really did but anyway yeah I, so, I i really appreciated that um they really showed his introduction to this supernatural thing and that he was terrified when he when Zed drove through the kid, yes. Even though he knew it was a ghost or something supernatural, he really did not want to drive through him. No. Well, and that was that's a turning point for him to go. Okay, now I knew this was real, but now I understand now, that it's real. How can I not anymore? <laughs> yeah, he he couldn't. He, he almost couldn't handle it at that yeah. point. Well, and it was interesting too. Speaking of uh, when Zed's vision of him, he we we they have a nice little scene at the end, and we learn from him that Zed is running from something. She has a missing persons report. She's missing, and he's eliminated that for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what, which will be a fun thing to. It's a nice little you know um, seed. Seed. Thank you. That's rabbit the hole. Right? Yeah. And we'll find more about that as, as the episodes go, we know. But I loved that when she touched him, he kissed her hand, and she had her vision. She also saw him bleeding and messed up. Yep. And one of the origin story things about 
I mean, what am I trying to say? His origin story way back in the 40s, the, probably the issue that your husband bought, yep. is that he was killed by mobsters. By they, they stuffed him in a barrel and filled it with cement and threw him in the lake or in yep. the river. Yep. Which, what, looking at how he appeared in her vision, it just occurred to me that that was a very different vision of his death. Yep. Because it's it looked not like he'd stuffing been in a barrel. Sh- right. It looked like he'd been shot and beaten and, or something, you know, because he now, was bloody all over with holes. And- it could be mobsters still. It very much could be. But, yep, right. yeah, I don't think they would do it in a way that would hide him. I think they would show it in a very graphic way. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind if they changed it to him getting beaten and shot. Um, that would be sure. in the keeping of... Because you're sick. Right. <laughs> I am. I mean, but that would be in the keeping of the show. I mean, they, they had a yeah, woman killing people with scissors in this episode. Right. And, and her, it's that kind of dark show. And if right. we're going to, you know, combine these two things. No, I think absolutely. But it was interesting because that was what I thought when I saw him. I went, oh, he doesn't look like he's drowned at all. He looks like he's had a whole different kind of awful day. Right. <laughs> yeah. A very awful day. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. He, he just dies. And... I think they could do that in different ways and still keep with the mythos. Yes. Um, I'd be okay with that. I'm sure my husband would be okay with that. Um, he was, he was like I said, he was thrilled with this. And the fact that he saw that kind of origin looking ending um, and was okay with it, uh, you know, I think he'd be happy no matter how they did it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Sure. So then the very last thing that happens in the episode is, you know, Constantine uh, gets Papa Midnight to follow through on his promise. And he asks Sedilla a question. There was a little cool moment in there, Karen, where Papa Midnight says, you know, I could let you talk to your mother. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really neat. That little moment where you know, is is he really offering this? Is he playing Constantine? Is he going to turn it against him? Or is he genuinely saying, I owe you. I right. can do this nice thing for you. Right. You know, and whatever the motivation there was, John turned it down. Yeah, and I think there was a moment there where he went, I don't know if I should yep. take him up on that or not. But he had something much more important. That, right. You know, he could do a selfish thing or he could do something that would help the world and he chose the world over himself which also shows a part of him um that he's selfless but also kind of an ass absolutely and that's what i loved about that moment that would have been a cool thing for him to have happen right to be able to talk you know but absolutely he and that's one of the things i love about the character he's not a particularly nice guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he knows what he's got to do. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. I need to know what this rising darkness is so I can give it a better name. Maybe that was my interpretation. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but he knew what he had to do and did it. And we find out that, of course, the rising darkness is going to be instigated by the betrayal of someone close to him. Right. Dun, 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 end of episode. 
So now, who uh, is it going to be, Chaz right? or Zed? Well, what do you think? I think that he's alluding to Zed. I think so too. But I don't think it's actually going to be true. I think it's a twisting of the events. Yes, I think that what happens is I, I, what I expect to have happen is that there won't be a true betrayer. There, there will be a I have to do this because it's for the greater good, whether you like it or not, type right. of thing. Right. Uh, or she does yes. something by accident. Right. Something yeah, I, like that. I think none of them will actually betray him, you know, intentionally. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling it's that way too, but it'll be fun to go down that path and see what happens. Right. I agree. I think we're on the same page there. Yes. So that's it for episode discussion for me. Any other wrap-ups? Otherwise, I'm going to slide us over to the next segment. Perfect. Let's head into Myth Adventures. (laughs) I like your segues. (laughs) Yeah, we've got them all uh, recorded. I might just not play them. I like just doing that. (laughs) Joe and I just make these noises. We're like, "Uh, we'll turn that into something. (laughs) In fact, we made a promo. Maybe I'll attach it to the end of this episode. We made a promo for some of the other Golden Spiral Media podcasts, and we're sharing promos with some of the other ones. And ours is me talking while Joe just hums the Constantine theme song behind me. It's really funny and silly and goofy, and I love it. So that's that's the exact quality podcast you can look for. Awesome. You know. Speaking of that, real quick before we move on to the next segment, I think Bear McCreary did a really good job with the background music in this episode. Oh, absolutely. Um, If you listen to the parts where they're around inside of the alleyways and stuff, there's some really good um, atmospheric music that they haven't played in other episodes. And Bear did all that. And it's really, really really dark and mysterious sounding and I have to go back and listen to it bear again. Okay. is amazing i just love yeah, his music mm-hmm. so. absolutely and i love the the theme song he created with this show oh, too we've God, talked so about that good. bunch yeah it's very cool so good all right i'll go back and listen to some of those alley scenes that sounds fun yeah you probably didn't notice it because that's his aim yeah exactly is for you yep. not to notice it but you know, i just sure. love his stuff so much that I listen for it. <laughs> so, Bear, Very sorry, cool. but I love your stuff. <laughs> I don't think he minds. No, I don't think so either. And now it's time for Myth Adventures. The part of the show where we pretend we know stuff. Uh, 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 Master of the Dark Arts. Uh, uh, um, Master of the uh, Dark Arts. Uh, um... So for Myth Adventures, that's our, you know, this is the part where we um, pretend like we're educating people about stuff segment. And the thing I wanted to bring up uh, has nothing to do with any of the occult stuff or anything like that. It's totally about the specter. Hmm. And we talked a good bit about this already, actually. Uh, But I thought I would go through some of the details. Um, The specter shows up. We know... Jim Corrigan in the 1940s appeared as the Spectre. Mm-hmm. He is a detective mm-hmm. who is killed by mobsters uh, after being stuffed in a barrel of cement and dropped to the bottom of a river. But <laughs> his soul gets to the, the gates of the next world and 
basically the voice tells him, nope, you're, you're not done, and sends him back to be the specter, to be the, the spirit of vengeance. Right. And he comes back sort of as Jim Corrigan, you know, uh, but also this secret identity of the specter. Right. And then throughout, he has worked with a bunch of different superhero teams. I mean, the history of this character is so, like we said, it's been from the 40s. There's a lot of stuff. We're not going to get into all that stuff. Um, but some of the highlights, you know, he's worked with a bunch of the superhero teams, Justice Society, and shown up with the Justice League and all that kind of stuff. He's worked with Swamp Thing. He's guarded the gates of hell. You know, he's basically there to eliminate evil as the spirit of vengeance. And then later in his run he sort of gets turned into the wrath of god yep uh, it's and it's interesting because I, I knew most of this but then i did a little search to find out any details and there was a story that i read that i thought was really cool in the 70s was when he took a little bit more violent turn <laughs> very and that was the rumor is that one of the editors of the book was mugged mm-hmm. and that super heavily influenced how the specter was portrayed for the rest of that book. And then that continued on and he became a much more ruthless, violent, doling out of vengeance type of superhero. And that's the first time he started doing crazy things like, you know, turning people into vases and smashing them with giant magic hammers as their punishment and that kind of craziness. Uh, and I just think it's a fascinating character. I love it. And I know uh, Joe next week probably will be thrilled because it's one of his favorite characters ever. He's he's uh, like your husband in that he's a huge Spectre fan. Cool. And he's been chomping at the bit to get the Spectre and Swamp Thing in this. And we learned a, a few weeks ago we weren't going to get Swamp Thing this season uh, from one of the producers. And so Joe's been holding out hope that the Spectre would show up. <laughs> and Joe, <laughs> and I know he's going be excited. To. Right. So... Um, yeah, that's any other thoughts on the Spectre before we leave Myth Adventures? Yeah, um, he was also able to separate from his body at one point, but if he was separated for too long, um, things bad things would happen. Yes, because he needed the human body to be able – it was the human part of him that helped him um, decide whether vengeance was justified or not, right? Right, to, exactly. To help him be the judge and jury. Yeah. <laughs> and without that human part – yeah, when he was separated as his own thing, he got a little crazy and started killing people for, like, jaywalking. Correct. And yeah. so he needed that balance of the human and the supernatural. So um, Jim Corrigan is never going to be fully absorbed by the hand of death. Um, so we can see that. And also when they did um, 52 yes, and they redid it, um, he was killed with his fiance and that's what caused his um turn to the dark side it was more of a vengeance thing yes for him so we might actually see that jim corrigan um, oh yeah that's interesting because he really did in that in the later part he he, he oh what did he do at some and i i can't remember what it was there was a whole storyline where he messed up he did not resolve a situation properly right and the voice, as it turned out, was, I don't know, we'd have to ask your husband if it was, because I can't remember, but if it was actually revealed that the voice was God, but he was at that point 
punished by God for Correct. not solving this thing. Right. Um, the kidnapping, I think. But I'm not sure. Okay. That might be, yeah. And at one point, the voice was, um, I, I don't remember what kind, but it, he was a dog. Okay. It was some surreal thing where he showed up like a dog. And um, anyway, it was really interesting. But um, yeah, he was kidnapped with his fiance and then they were killed. And and that's when he um, was uh, turned into the specter. And um, it was like a Gotham City thing. Yes. And... Um, and then, and then craziness happened, right? I mean, yes. where like a different. It was a different geez, incarnation. There was a different guy named Jim Corrigan, who was like a later incarnation of him in Gotham City. Right. Yeah, he something, was a Gotham something. City police police yes. department guy. Yeah. Um, so, but and, that's that's also <laughs> Jim Corrigan. So they could do a hybrid, maybe, of that. Yes. Um, since we're not seeing the I'm put in a barrel and drowned. I mean, it could be that sort of. Hybrid. It could be a gunned down, kidnapped sort of thing. Um, sure, absolutely. So who knows? Um, Either way, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes, though, because there's, yeah, like you said, there's so much going on with the character. There's a ton of mm-hmm. stuff they can pull out and play with. Yep. Yeah. And that It'll was written. Fun. Part of that was written by Sean Phillips, who has a connection to Help Laser as well. So. See how nicely they fit together. Who knows? <laughs> so I'm that's such a Myth dork. Adventures. <laughs> that's good. That, that, that's those are the people who enjoy this show. I think. <laughs> um, let's do some feedback. Okay, let's do. My name is John Constantine. Here's where you can reach me. Something big's on its way. We didn't get a ton this week. Um, We got one nice audio feedback from Sean. Should we play that? Sure. Let me play it now. Hello, Sean. Hey, guys. This is Sean from Houston calling for the Devil You Know Constantine podcast. Just want to make a quick correction. You guys stated that the exorcist, the crab scene walk when she was going down the stairs was not in the original film because it was too scary that is not the case the case was because the cables that were attached to her couldn't be properly edited out with the technology at the time Uh, i heard that on an interview directly from linda blair herself but it was a great scene you guys do an awesome job on your podcast please keep it up bye that's fabulous. Thank you, Sean. We appreciate you listening, and thanks for calling in. I have to apologize for that. Listen, I had no idea that anybody even listened to the stuff Joe said on this podcast. <laughs> and so, Oh, man. He's going to be I'm mad when he comes gonna back. I'm going to pay for that later. I know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's fabulous, and I'll make sure Joe hears that because he'll love that little correction. But, yeah, that's from last week, Karen. We were talking about cool backwards walking lady in who was possessed by by the hunger demon right and uh we were discussing joe was talking about that from the exorcist yeah and yeah that's neat that it was just because they couldn't remove the wires well enough yeah the digital technology didn't exist yet too bad now you know what they actually have people that can do that now like for real yeah Yeah, i don't know whether this was done that way in in last week's episode but yeah 
Yeah, because it probably would be cheaper to... Just to get a person that can do that. Right. Bring <laughs> yeah. me somebody that can bend over backwards and we can pour blood all over and they can walk backwards right. and freak people out. That's right. a lot cheaper than all the rigging you're going to need. And then the digital cheaper. removal of the cables and all that stuff. Exactly. Um, I, but also, it doesn't a, creep me out fun anymore. Special though. effect thing to put on your resume. Special right. skills can do creepy backward exorcist walk. <laughs> right. It doesn't creep me out anymore, though. Oh no! No, it creeped me out when I was little. When it was yeah. something that wasn't used all the time, but sure. it doesn't creep me out anymore. I mean, it's just <laughs> acrobatics now <laughs> to right. me. Right. But yeah, it was it was interesting. Last week that they yeah. did stuff like that. Um, yeah. Possession is always weird. Yeah, and, and creepy. I yeah. liked it. So, so Sean, thanks again for the feedback. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, thanks for listening. Keep listening. Everybody else, we love feedback. We would love to hear from you. Uh, like Sean did, you can go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. And you can email stuff in, or you can use the SpeakPipe widget and just record your own dulcet tones, and we can play them back. We would love to hear from you. You can also get a hold of us at Twitter, at, at Constantine GSM, and we're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash groups slash the devil you know. Uh, share your thoughts with us every week. Let us know what you think of the podcast and the episode. So that's it for feedback this week. I want to talk about quotes of the week. Mm. Lots of good ones. There really were. I think my favorite, the one that I liked the most, was a simple little, when Corrigan is reading his business card, I love that the business cards keep coming back to haunt him. Yeah. And he just goes, master of the dark arts. Wow. I actually have that if you want me to play it. Oh, please do. <laughs> sure. It's at the end of this one. I, okay. I kind of spliced together two parts of his introduction. So let me play it. Great. Jim Corrigan, NOLA PD Homicide, and you are here to help you, Jimmy boy. To me? John Constantine. This is Chaz and Zed. We're investigating the occult phenomenon that happened here last night. Whoa. <laughs> Occult investigators? <laughs> Carmen don't normally introduce themselves as Carmen. That's well, that's novel. Be nice to have an ally in blue. Master of the dark arts. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I like the that- first part too, where he says con men never introduce themselves as con men. Novel. Yeah, that's novel. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I like I said, I really love the character. I thought they did it really nicely. Yeah. And it's the, just the whole relationship between them was fun. I can't wait to see more of it. Yeah, me too. I, I loved their introduction. It was very telling right? about their that uh, such a great um I mean, just in those couple of sentences it really set up their whole relationship. It was like I said, it just really gave us the the feeling of those characters yes yeah this episode all the way through was solid that way i thought yeah so what else what other quotes did you like um well i thought it was interesting that they talked about migraines because i had a horrible migraine last week yes um but i liked um the the discussion between um papa midnight and john near the end Mm-hmm. So can I play that for you? Please do. Okay. Our truce is over at the bottom of that glass. 
So sip cautiously. Mm. A rich man's scotch. It always comes with an aftertaste. I love that. I do too. Yeah, very nice. I, the our truce is over at the bottom of that glass. So yep. sip cautiously. Yep. Such a great. And then the aftertaste even was, you know, very John. Yeah. Very much. So. Now, a good episode for that. Uh, Constantine at one point said, my people are out there playing whack-a-mole with the newly risen. <laughs> yeah. That just made me laugh. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And the fact that they were all separated and dealing with each specter, as it were. Yes. Ha-ha. Nice. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> um, you know, great teamwork. As you were saying before we started recording, that... Uh, the teamwork in this one was fantastic. Yeah. I um, hope we continue to see that. Me it, too. I, I just thought it made the episode move so smoothly. Yeah. And not just that, but that would mean more Chaz. Right. <laughs> uh, because I don't get why he's not in it more. More and more more details revealed on how come he just magically heals. Right. And the I fact that, that he mystery. was, he was uh, very funny with uh, Mask Lady. Uh, yes. Can you believe it took me this long to start asking you questions? Right. Fantastic great. with her. <laughs> um, you know, trying to save the people from getting killed and like, you know, putting himself in harm's way, getting killed himself and healing in front of the the ambulance guys. Yes. Do you guys have an extra shirt yeah, in your ambulance? They were just like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. He's got no pulse. Oh, he's okay. <laughs> right. And it's just healing in front of them. And what happened there? I mean. <laughs> yeah, how did that what, scene wrap up? What were the consequences of that? <laughs> right. He just gets up. Okay, I, I got to go. Okay, you see the two guys reporting back. Nothing happened here. Right. <laughs> we're not admitting anything. I mean, how did they, how did they report that back? Uh, false alarm. <laughs> Yeah, turns out there was no body. Right, and then him, you know, trying to get through to her. I'm guessing he, he that happened a couple other times, maybe. You sort of got that impression, yeah. I want. I bet in the outtakes there were one or two more scenes between uh, Chaz and Scissor Girl. Right, because he said, "I can't believe it took this long for me to start asking you questions." There must have been several other encounters. So. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, very funny. Funny scenes. And the only other quote that I wanted to bring up was I loved Corgan in their big interrogation scene at the end of it where he is accepting what's going on. And he just asks John, how do you live with it? The knowledge that all this could be real. And John says, it marks you for life, but it doesn't change who you are. Mm. And I liked that. I thought, again, that was a very John thing. Mm -hmm. This is what life is. And also... He's kind of setting you up for the specter, too. Yep. It's not going to change who you are. Right. Be ready. Yeah, because, yep. you know, he's going to be the specter, but he's also going to be Jim Corrigan. Right. So, yeah. It marks Perfect. you, and it doesn't Nicely change Nicely done, you. Christine Boylan. Exactly. It's <laughs> such great writing in this episode. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Great. Well, I think that's it. Anything yeah. else we need to chat about today Karen didn't we talk it to death already (laughs) I think we probably talked enough everyone's done yeah I'm such a geek over this show it's fun I really hope that the news about only 13 episodes turns out to be uh an okay thing that we oh yeah it comes back around and I wouldn't mind a 13 episode season if we keep getting more seasons you have to keep in mind it's NBC I've been through the ringer with NBC already with several other shows yeah um 
Chuck being one where they bring back a show several times when we think it's dead. Yes. Um, so you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. You have to rally around it. If you want the show back, show them you want it back. Write letters. Tell them you want it back. Watch it. Watch it. Get your friends to watch it. Get the the social media buzz yep. going about it. You know. Facebook, Twitter, everything. Um, yeah, because they look at that stuff. How much they you know, certainly do. It is. Um, it was just recently that Nielsen ratings started including the plus sevens, plus, plus threes. Yep, yep, all that stuff. Yep. So yeah, um, even if you watch it live, record it on your DVR, TiVo, whatever. Um, Send tweets. Use the hashtag Constantine hashtag on Twitter and exactly because the more those trend, the more they go. Oh, people are really paying attention. And they whatever the hashtag is on the show, show too. You know, they put the hashtag down in the corner. Use that one as well because yes. you know that that's important. You want to show them that you're watching the show. You know, even right. if you just turn it on, even if you can't watch it live, turn it on. See what the hashtag is and tweet it a few times that night. There you go. Um, just let them know you're watching. You have an interest in keeping the show on. Um, it's important. Yeah, and, and I hope that they get enough response where they decide they can do a second 13-episode season. Mm-hmm. That would be so great. Yeah, so, Especially because now, right when it feels like the show is really hitting a stride, oh, that's, that's something you want to watch. So many good mythos arcs that are just starting up, and I really want to see where it goes. So yeah, me too. I'm going to really start a campaign. Well, Karen, thanks for uh, joining me and filling in for Joe this week. I appreciate it. Sure. I hope I didn't nerd out too much. Not at all. It was perfect. And uh, we will be back next week, everybody, for another episode of Constantine. Join us. Send us some feedback over the course of this week about this episode or about the episode of The Devil You Know, the podcast as well. And be sure after next week's episode to let us know what you thought and we'll include your feedback in the show. Yes, please do. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later on. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, Travis. Yes, Corey. Let's take a break from triple casting and have a chat. Okay. What's on your mind? Are you excited for the new Flash TV series? I sure am. You know what I love about watching my favorite genre shows? What's that? Listening to a great Golden Spiral Media podcast and joining in on the community. Me too. And Golden Spiral Media has so many new podcasts like their Flash podcast, Central City Underground. And that's not all. They have podcasts for Arrow, Extant, Under the Dome and more. They even have a show dedicated to a rewatch of Lost. And don't forget Daryl's show, Stuff I Learned Yesterday, an inspirational show about daily life lessons. And of course, there's our show, Triplecast, where we discuss a series of three movies with a common thread. That's right, Travis. I guess this means that listeners should subscribe to our all-inclusive feed so they can stay up to date with all the great podcasts from Golden Spiral Media. Yes, and give us feedback at goldenspiralmedia.com forward slash feedback. Follow us on Twitter at GSM Podcasts, like us on Facebook, or call 304-837-2278. All right, Travis, let's get back to talking about movies. That's so swell. And now, a word from the hosts of the Golden Spiral Media Podcast, The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. (laughs) 
Hi, everybody. I'm Tony. That noisemaker is Joe. We host The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast that's all about the NBC show Constantine, which is based on the DC slash Vertigo comic book Hellblazer. It's a fabulous, spooky, dark, occult, dark magic, cool, supernaturally exorcist kind of show about a guy who gets in a lot of situations where he's just going to save the world. Join us at goldenspiralmedia.com slash Constantine for all of the spooky, fun, supernatural, dark magic you could want. Dude, nice vocals. Best promo ever.